Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Banditland Boulevard. I'm one of your co-hosts, Trevor Howard, and across from me with a new audio setup is my man, Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. Boxhead98TL. We, we have a nice little 5 p.m. matinee in, against the Toronto Rock in Toronto in front of zero fans. It's going to be weird, but our bandits are 6-0. And we're facing against one of our other little brothers in the Toronto Rock. Tony, how you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, getting pretty excited for this game. Uh, yes, it's going to be what we like to call the fight of the families. And, of course, the little brothers are going to be duking it out to see who's going to be the better team today. And, of course, our beloved Buffalo Bandits are 6-0 and going to Toronto today to face the 4-3 and Toronto Rock. And you know what? Toronto does not have a bad team. I will give them props when I see it. They are a gritty team. They play strong defense. They're still rocking with Nick Rose. They have the loyalty towards him. But I think the Bandits being 6-0 and and streaking since I think the season started December 4th, mm-hmm. you, you really have to get in front of them, step in their way, create an obstacle for the Bandits to climb over in order to even get a chance to beat these guys. Listen, there's no fans. We, we said that in the beginning. COVID is still around in Canada. It's 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 really bad up in Ontario right now. Um, mm. You have to wonder, first and foremost, before we get into anything on this preview, there's no such thing as home field advantage when there's no crowd, right? We saw that with all sports in 2020. NFL, you can't really say home field advantage. Baseball is different because, you know, every baseball field is a different style. The, the home team knows the style of the field. They can go opposite, whatever. I guess that works there. Hockey, it was a bubble in one big one big arena, so there's no such thing as, as that. But it feels like we kind of took a flashback to 2020, and there really is no home field advantage here. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the fact that with no fans, no one uh, there to cheer you on, no support from both sides, it's your own way. It's like going to a street fight, basically, and uh, whoever comes out on top and you get the word out saying, well, we won. Well, did you? We don't know. We weren't there. So unfortunately, due to the circumstances, they're following their protocol to stay safe and to also keep the players safe. I get it. We all get it. It stinks because we want to watch these games. We want to travel to the cities to go watch these guys to support our team and including to support the actual stadium from, you know, with their revenue. So I get it, but unfortunately due to circumstances with their decision, they have decided to have no fans at all at this time until further notice. And if you remember the last time the bandits faced against the Toronto rock, that was January 8th at the key bank center where the Buffalo bandits won that game 12 to six and doubled the score on them. You can check out that podcast on our Spotify and our anchor. When we covered that, I believe it's, you know, we were bullying their younger brother. I think it was called. And that's Hmm. truly what the, what the relationship is. I mean, the younger brother will sometimes steal a victory, but most of the time the bandits will defend their home field. This one is in Toronto, but it's not going to feel like a home game. So I kind of like the Buffalo Bandits odds in this one to go 7-0 for the first time since probably, you have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, 1993 when they went undefeated. I know that they're 6-0 for the first time since 96, which is insane. It's That is amazing. And you have to think that's even more impressive now because back in 96, they didn't have the same amount of teams as they do now. NLL has expanded into, what, 12, 13 teams, something like that. They expanded on the West Coast. They're down south in Texas now. They're, I think they're going right back up to Minnesota, you said, when we were off air a couple weeks ago with That's the storm. Right. 
and it's it's expanding now. So it's even more impressive what the Bandits are doing now than from 1996. I don't disregard that 1996 season whatsoever. That's equally, you know, that's that's very impressive. But you got to think 2021 now with all these teams and all these young guns on each team. I think six and zero is a great start, and they can continue to roll and go seven and zero when they face against the Toronto Rock today. Let's just jump right into our players to watch. We obviously go with the opposition first. Um, players to watch, I believe we mentioned, you know, big names on the Toronto Rock roster like Dan Dawson and Rob Hellier. Uh, one of my first, you know, key players to watch, uh, it has to be uh, Tom Schreiber, six mm-hmm. foot, 190 pounds, and he shoots right. He's a forward. He's always cherry pick. And I remember the last game that we faced against the Toronto Rock. He was always up on the restraining line looking for the outlet pass, trying to go on a breakaway. And he did score a goal that night, but I think he's definitely one of the players to watch for the Toronto Rock. We call him cherry picker, but he can also find the back of the net. What do you think about Schreiber going into this one? Schreiber is one of the dangerous players on the uh, Toronto Rock, and that's another player to watch for. He has that set of skills to be like, oh, I can be sneaky. I'll let everyone do the work while I'm just about coming right back here, and then I'll just march myself downfield and score an easy breakaway. He's, he's got to, you got to watch out for that. Cause I mean, sometimes with the way that the, the scheming and the planning for Toronto is, is that if we can get him to do that every time and without being caught, they're going to do it a hundred percent of the time and score against all opponents, not just us, but every single opponent doing the same thing. And that is a very wise and choice uh, in picking your guy for Toronto to watch for, because again, with the snakes being out there on the field, They'll pop up when they need to strike. So he's one of those guys to do so. But uh, to pick one guy, I think, from Toronto to watch for is uh, Chalen Rogers. Rogers and him together, also with uh, Hellier. That oh, could be my a, God. A one, two, three punch for Toronto to really uh, get back at us for the last meeting because I don't think um, every single one of them was there uh back in january uh to beat us or to lose against us 12 to 6 and that's why the score is so low i mean you're gonna rely on rogers you're gonna rely on hellier to do all the work no you got schreiber there too as well enough all three of those guys are on the floor together then it's a very dangerous combination so they got to watch out for that uh going into today schreiber rogers and hellier that could be a lethal three-man tandem because I I believe one of them was out, and I I think Hellier was in, Schreiber was in, so it had to be Rogers. I don't think he was playing last time, but I believe Schreiber was out. Schreiber was out last time. Schreiber was out last time. Okay, it was just yeah. Rogers and Hellier. So Rogers is the cherry picker, then. I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I think Schreiber could be too. He could be. Um. But yeah, you mentioned like the three man tandem. Mm-hmm. It could be deadly, but I have all the confidence in the world that our guy. Matt Vince will stand in between the pipes and hold his ground like he has. I don't know ever. Has he ever lost to the Toronto Rock as a Buffalo Bandit, Matt Vince? You know what? I never looked that stat up. That's actually a good question. I'll have to check that as well. Um, I'd have to lean maybe once or twice in his career with the uh, the Bandits, I'd have to say. Most of the time, it's just been complete domination from him. And, you know, that's Mm -hmm. nothing out of the ordinary because we know that he's probably one of the greatest indoor lacrosse goalies of all time, which leads us into our key players to watch for the Buffalo Bandits. Can I just say another key player to watch? The streaking Dane 
Smith. I think he will have another fantastic night. There's no Toronto fans in attendance. He is going to find the back of the net multiple times. He is my first player to watch. This dude is on fire. He's on a roll. You go, you go up against Rochester, one of our other younger brothers, score on them a whole bunch. Now you're visiting your other younger brother, and why not score on him too, right? That's right. Dane Smith is a good choice because let the let the lead follow after him, you know, because he is like one of our big leaders. He's not named the captain. He's an assistant captain for a reason because he's, you know, leading the charge on the scoring uh, with the Buffalo Bandits. But again, there's so many people on this roster that can equal to him or help out along the way. And for Dane Smith to take that role, it's an incredible story and journey for him to what he has done for this team so far. Uh, I like, I like your pick exactly. And I'm guessing he's going to have at least a six point night. I could be wrong. He might try for more than six, but six points is kind of the level that I'm thinking he's going to get. What are you thinking? Like two goals, four assists, maybe three goals, three assists. What are you thinking here? Six points. Um, I'm not really sure. Cause he's more of a playmaker too. He loves to pass the ball around. Um, I would lean more but towards 3-3. Three, three. I would go 3-3. Three, I three. think 3-3. Three, three. I like that. I like the being even, three goals, three assists. I like Dane Smith to do that tonight. I love that. Yeah, Dane Smith is obviously my top guy. We're going to go into mm-hmm. your top guy real quick. Who do you have for your bandit player to watch for today's game? Well, when there's a fire, you got to watch it burn. So I'm going to go with Josh Byrne. Uh, he's definitely had Toronto's number so far this season. He's had uh, – seven points one game uh the last time they had so he that's my go-to guy to watch out for is josh burn number 22 he's got the the skills to really screw with rose's head about where he's going to shoot the ball because they i don't even know sometimes half the time where he's going to shoot and he just confuses him so well and i think he's going to have himself a multi-point uh game i think i'm going with eight the most he'll have i love that you know what i think you know what i think I, I hope none of the guys or none of the coaches from the Toronto Rock are listening to this right now before the game, but Dane and Josh, they need to try that hidden ball trick thing again. My God, have they? do they ever do that so perfectly? I, I still remember the quarterfinal game against the New England Black Wolves from 2019, and when they when Dane Smith winded up, I knew he had the ball the whole time because I, I never saw him pass the ball to Josh, and mm-hmm. Burns, he was – fake him like he was charging to the net. Dane Smith shoots it in the empty net. I mean, give it a go. We know Johnny Tavares likes to throw all the cards down the table, put all his chips in, and go with some trickery right away. We saw that against the Georgia Swarm right off the bat with the hidden ball trick in the KeyBank Center. I think that was within the first 30 seconds of the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, nobody does it better than Josh Byrne and Dane Smith. Maybe go for some trickery early on in this game to keep them on their toes the whole time. Yeah, I believe that would be the game plan that Johnny T has up his sleeve, uh, especially with going up against Toronto this time uh, after their first meeting. Uh, The only thing I can see uh, Buffalo doing is trying to stay calmer as much as they are, even with Toronto's little instigating kind of ways with what we experienced the last time. So we don't want a second helping of that. But I know with having the guys that we need back on defense is going to be showing the tough and grit that we need to be beating them up as much as they try to beat us up on defense, which I have to say to Mr. Brad Cree, then you're going to start anything like that again. I mean, Chase Frazier is going to have a big smile on his face and I know half the uh, bandits are, but the other half are going to be like, all right, if you're going to push us around, we'll push you around too. Like we've been doing all season. Yeah, no doubt. And that was what I was going to get into before we get into our keys to win. 
Mm-hmm. Do you remember how the last game ended during the hand, during the handshakes where they didn't shake our hands and they were booed off the field by the that was by disrespectful the fans? in every way. Absolutely disrespectful. And then you had uh, TSN guys tweeting at me saying, "Well, look at the NLL uh, COVID protocols. They said they weren't supposed to shake each other's hands. That's a bunch of garbage." They were PO'd that the bandits came up came up and squashed them, punched them in the mouth, that they didn't want to shake our hands. Don't give me that COVID nonsense. That's garbage. No. no. Every team in the NLL prior to that shook hands like gentlemen, like true sportsmen after the game. The Toronto yeah. Rock left. And then it took their trainer to say, where are you guys going? Shake their hands right freaking now. Or you guys mm-hmm. will just, yeah, you guys will hear it from us on the team bus probably. So probably. When you when you go into this game, do you think that still resonates in the back of the bandits' minds? Like, hey, these guys didn't shake our hands. Why don't we destroy them even more this game and have them go home with their tails in between their legs? Yeah, I I can't believe after what uh, witnessing that after that game that they wanted to leave and the trainer again said, no, no, go shake their hands. It's the right thing to do. It's called sportsmanship. And if you guys don't want to do that and you want to step into our home field and you want to talk, like not talk, but show disrespect like they did, you know, I could, we could say a million swear words right now on this radio station, but we're going to keep it PG as possible. But all I can say Trying is that to, you, want to, yep. you want to show us the disrespect that we had, um, even though you guys got pounded in half 12 to six last time. Yeah. You know what? You lost big deal. You, you pick up your head, you pick up your feet and you start walking forward and you just come back at it again and try it again. That's what you guys should do. Not show uh, classless, not shaking hands on sportsmanlike kind of like, I mean, I don't know what kind of other words I can really say. It's just showed a lot of bad promise to this team now. And the reason why they probably are moving from Toronto to Hamilton, and maybe they'll have a better attitude this time. Yeah. And you got to think that was probably the most unsportsmanlike game I've ever seen out of the Toronto rock against the bandits right out of the gate. Brad Cree cross checks, Chase Frazier in the face. He draws blood, no penalty. Okay, fine. We'll see that. Then it happens again with a different player. Cross checks, Chase Frazier in the face. Only gets a two-minute penalty, which was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then McCulley got hit in the face. And there was some other – was it Spanger maybe? Spanger or Robinson got – punched in the back or and then he got cross checked when he was on the ground no call yeah, and then they no didn't want to then they didn't want to shake our hands no nope. so the bandits should remember that and say hey we beat these guys 12 6 let's try to go for like 18 to 7 or let's go like 18 8 and let's go let's put up a 20 burger on these guys because mm-hmm. it, they want to be disrespectful to us we're gonna beat them respectfully but disrespectfully on the scoreboard Absolutely. I think what they should do is put their foot in their rear ends like no other tomorrow. Score as many goals against Nick Rose, put a pounding, keep shooting at him, make him so tired he wants to get off that field because he knows that what they did was start a war and we're going to finish this. Yeah, absolutely. We don't start the war here in in the Buffalo Bandits. We don't start the war here at Bandland Boulevard. We just finish it. That is the thing. Call us the United States of the <laughs> National Lacrosse League because we never start anything. We just put it to bed and we finish it. That's that's, that's right. what it is. So let's get into some of the keys to victory. Number one, sure. right off the bat, I know that Toronto plays like a group of punks and they will get after you. But mm-hmm. get, you need, need, need to not retaliate. Retaliate on the scoreboard. You cannot afford to give up a five-minute penalty or get a two minute instigator for a fight. You can't do that. They never call the initial penalty in the NLL. They always call the retaliator. So stay disciplined, 
the 22 penalty minutes against Rochester was ridiculous. Thank mm. God that you guys won that game because I would have ripped you on this show for all those penalties you got. But <laughs> you need to stay disciplined, stay out of the box, and, you know, spear them through the heart, which is, you know, figure of speech, the back of the net. That's right. I really agree with you because of the fact that they're going to try all they can do is to get under our skin. And the only way to beat them is on that scoreboard, which also brings me to the key of the game for the bandits is that to stay out of the penalty box as much as possible. I mean, yes, I understand uh, instigating and being uh, irritated all the time, especially with their like, Oh yeah, we're going to pull you around. Here's a finger in your ear and stuff like that. No, listen, you want to keep playing little kid games. That's fine. The scoreboard and the wins matter because that's what we do. That's why we're proven we're six and all this year. So again, if the players are going to start with uh, Toronto rock is going to start with us, do the right thing, guys. Keep the peace. Always remember, Johnny T has always got your back no matter what, and the plan will work. Just stay the course, and we should be able to win this game uh, with being smarter than the other opponent, with being out of the box. And can I say another key <clears throat> in the game is be creative. Sure. Be be mm-hmm. creative. No, There's no vanilla offense with this team, which I love. They're always mm-hmm. trying something new. By being creative, what I mean is try some trickery. You know, go for some air gate goals. Go for the behind the back if you have to. Throw them off in any sort of fashion. Um, you know, you can be creative on defense as well, creating a bunch of outlet passes to create odd man rushes, two-on-ones, three-on-twos, anything like that. You have to be creative against these guys because, let's face it, Toronto, all they have outside of the main three that we mentioned earlier, they have physicality. And fighting skills, which obviously doesn't really physicality's number is a is a good thing to have, but fighting, mm-hmm. unless you're like congratulating their MVP on and pims and penalties and minutes, you're not winning anything. So mm-hmm. you need to be creative as possible on offense, defense, and just pretty much all three phases. Yep. And of course, that we always talked about faceoffs too, as well. That if it's key to win the faceoffs as needed, uh, especially towards the end of the game where either we have a good stranglehold on their uh, on the score, but also to contain their offense. They're containing their offense by that's where I'm going to come up with. And that is the defense needs to step up today. Um, you know, yes, I know we got our guy, key guys back on defense. That's huge. That's what's going to stop them from doing what they do best. And that's cherry pick and possibly, um, you know, set the picks inside our zone a lot. So, we also have to watch out for that. We got to make sure the shots are visible for Matt Vince to see. We also have to block more shots. I think if we can get to their shooting lane and to really with withheld their offensive power with Hellier, Rogers, and of course Schreiber. And the last key to the game that I have, it has to be always have your teammates' backs. If someone gets punched in the back or something. You know, you, you have to be the guy that steps in and says, hey, that's not cool. Um, we're going to we're going to dominate <clears> you <throat> even more um, because we see all the time with the Sabres when Ryan Miller got clocked by Milan Lucic like 10 years ago. Nobody, mm-hmm. no one stood up for him. Mm-hmm. It was a joke, mm-hmm. complete mess. Mm-hmm. If the play is dead and nobody's getting an instigator, fight him. Show him yeah. who's the bigger guy. Like you won't get an instigating penalty. You'll be, you know, even out. It'll be five on five still. You can't let your teammates down. If you see someone get cheap shot, either scream for the referee or take matters into your own hands and say, Hey, we saw that that's not going to happen again. 
Yeah, Steve Priolo definitely showed Brad Cree at the end of the game, too, when they were here. You want to mess with our guys, you mess with me first. And that's exactly what they do is they back each other up with like all teams should. I get that. But the other thing that they have to do um, is to really tell these guys enough is enough. And if you're not going to stop, well, again, we'll make you stop. That's basically how we're putting it to the message to the rest of the National Lacrosse League. If you want to really start a war, we're going to finish it for sure. And that comes to my last key trick to the game for the Bandits, and that is never keep your foot off the gas when you score against Nick Rose. I'm going to say this a million times times if you give these guys a chance to even get two goals three goals like a streak that they had like rochester showed us they had a four goal streak right in the fourth quarter we need to stop doing that number one number two is that you never let up on their goaltender you get them as tired as possible that they wish they never set their feet on the floor that they want to sit on the bench the whole time attack rose as much as possible you know how to beat them do it score at will I'm going to let you first uh, pick about the scoring outlet of this game. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I definitely had to mention this. Play, play 60 minutes. It's usually the fourth quarter that kind of gets a little bit iffy here and there. Sometimes the third. They always have a great first half, no matter what. We've been seeing that consistently in 2021 and 2022. That is, that is the number one thing. You know, you have a great first half. Okay, that's great. But at the same time, that's just half the game. You still have 30, you have a half hour of playing left to do. So always keep your foot on the gas for 60 minutes. Having said that, I do think that the Bandits will keep their foot on the gas and they will win this game by a final score of 14 to 7. They will double the score again on the Toronto Rock. And Matt Vince, once again, will hold the Rock under 10 goals. Well, so far, our predictions have been pretty good. I have to admit that we have been almost spot on almost every single game. Like call us Las Vegas. Call us Las Vegas. If you call want. us that Vegas, <laughs> the bandit land um, Boulevard Vegas show. That's right. Uh, basically, would this be another trap game? You think Trev? If the bandits stay undisciplined, it will definitely be another trap game, but they weren't very disciplined in the last game against Toronto. I mean, both teams were getting penalties and they still doubled the mm -hmm. score. So Toronto's kind of an outlier. You can okay. look at it as a trap game if you want, but I'm going with 14-7. They're going to double them up again. Okay. I think I like that score, but I also like the fact that, you know, maybe they might be a little more contained at this moment. I mean, maybe not have as many goals, but – Oh boy, I couldn't tell you what the score is going to be, but I can take a wild guess of what this could be. It could be either a slaughter or it could be really close, but yeah, I want to see a slaughter. So you know what, guys, prove us wrong. Prove to Trevor his score could be possibly right, but I also would like this. Bandits, 19. Rock, 5. Dude, that nine, for that? 19 to five. That'd be the ultimate revenge. I want them to be embarrassed in their own home stadium. Dude, can Please. we see, can we see 19 to five and then pan over to the game winning uh, handshakes? Can we see that on ESPN? Mm -hmm. Like Something. I, I want to see if Toronto would truly shake their hand after losing by 14 goals. That would be amazing. That would be huge. And I might be going out of a limb here. And a lot of people are like, eh, Tony, are you sure you want to go that score? Yeah. It's going to be a slaughter because of what happened last game. And they why wanted not? to show us some disrespect. We'll show you some disrespect, especially on the scoreboard. And I'll play you because we are the better team. Yep. And Note we will that. go, we will go seven and no, they will go four and four. They're going to be at 500 while we're on top of the world. 
Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I like the sound of that too. Seven and zero sounds real nice to say for tomorrow before the Super Bowl too. Absolutely. So this has been another episode of Banditland Boulevard, brought to you by Anchor.fm the easiest and most possible way to make a podcast. I'm Trevor Howard. That's Tony LaMonica signing off for now. We will catch you on the post game. Hopefully after the bandits whoop the, you know what out of the Toronto rock. Let's go. Bandits. Night, everybody go bandits.